Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. I am Jennifer. I'm Corey. And we are here um, today to finish our three-part series of some of the biggest strategies that we're focused on for 2020. So if this is, if you've been with us all along, then welcome to the final installment. And if you haven't, then I would go back and listen to installment one and two so you can get the full picture. So just to recap, um, Corey, what we've talked about in the last two weeks, why don't you um, go ahead and share with our listeners? Yeah, so over the last two episodes, we have discussed uh, voice search and SEO uh, page revamp. We've also talked about uh, some focus groups and emails that was in the first part of the series. The second part was all about community management, patient onboarding, and uh, patient communication. And for today, what we're going to focus on our employee engagement and training, website chat, a resource library, and owned media to close out our three-part series. That is right, and I'll go right into it because one of my favorite topics is employee engagement and training. So all of the practices that we work with um, for the most part, but with particular interest with the larger practices that have a lot of employees are uber focused on actually engaging employees and then making sure that they have the proper training. So I was actually a keynote speaker at the Florida Bones Conference with one of our clients a couple weeks back. And um, this was the topic for all of the practice administrators. And and partly because, um, one, we're in full employment right now, you know, for the most part throughout the country. We're in Florida. Florida is completely full employment. It is very tough to attract and retain employees. And so anything that we can do to engage them is better for the entire practice. And then really second is so much of the the folks that we've got like in mid manager level um, for the practices we work with, those folks have come in probably through like the front desk or customer service. And so, you know, you've got managers that have never been trained because they came right out of high school and they just got promoted and promoted and promoted, but never actually learned how to lead. And so um, a lot of the practice managers that we're talking to right now or that were at the Bones Conference, this is the kind of stuff that they're focused on. And so I'm excited because employee engagement, we're going to use focus groups to engage employees this year. We have some very structured training that we're doing um, where we're doing the on-demand training for patient experience and communication. I think we're putting together a training on start with why and then also a team training, um, like being part of a good team, you know, how to build teams, things of that nature, how to work within a team. And then we've got, you know, in-person workshops going with that. Plus, we've got the employee newsletters that we're working on and maybe even doing some like practice TV where we're doing 
a newsletter, but we're doing it in a video form. So then we can take those videos and we can transcribe them and we can do them as FAQs on the intranets. We can put them in the break rooms. There's just so many different variations of employee training and engagement, but engagement is the new marketing. So this is the area that I am most focused on for 2020. Yeah, an engaged employee is a happy employee. So if the employees are happy, typically that has a trickle down effect and then the patients have a better experience and that's what it's all about. And by the way, if you wanna hear Jen's talk, that's episode 202 of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast, you can hear the entire thing from the Bones Conference. Oh, and it is so riveting. Get yourself a cup of coffee. <laughs> Get yourself a cup of coffee. It's a great, I think it's a great topic though, and it's very well received. And sometimes yeah, it's hard to absolutely. get your head around it, but you got to do it for 2020. It's important. Yeah. And like you said, when, when the market is as competitive as it is right now, you want to obviously make sure that you have the best people, but once they're there, you want to keep them. So how do you keep them? You engage them. Exactly. All right, so your favorite thing, Corey, the, your favorite form of communication is what the next thing is. So why don't you share with everybody? Yeah, so if you've been listening to the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast for some time, you know that we have been telling you that you need to get some form of appointment request form on your website. So if that ties into your EHR and people can schedule, that's fantastic. If it's, it's something that's as simple as like a, a HIPAA compliant form where they can say, hey, I would like to schedule for next Tuesday at 3.30 and then you have to go through a manual process, that's great too. But the next phase of that is really website chat. And so that's one thing that we're focused on for 2020 with our clients. And that's basically, I'm sure you have seen this, you may have done it yourself with a big brand of some sort. I know like Amazon and, and a lot of like the online digital retailers, they have this chat functionality, but basically saying like, hey, we're here to help. If you have a question, just type it in this little box on the website and then someone will respond. So there's two layers to this. One, you can set something up where you can say from eight to five, we're gonna have, let's say, someone in our call center uh, also pay attention to this little chat box and they can direct and schedule as needed because there are plenty of HIPAA compliant uh, chat services now available. There's, there's um, uh, month by month, so there's no contract or anything like that, but you can sign sign up and try these things. Um, but the second layer of that, so if you've got the chat, that's great, that's one way to do it. And you can say, I'm gonna set these hours from eight to five, someone's gonna be there after five o'clock, the chat icon will still be on the website and it'll just say, hey, no one is at the office right now, but we'll get back to you as soon as we can kind of thing, leave us your email and we'll touch base with you. The second part of it is actually incorporating AI or artificial intelligence which would essentially function as a way to answer questions without needing a live person. So you can write chat scripts pretty easily to where if someone says, are you open on Saturday? And then the AI can pick out the words open on Saturday in a question mark and then provide a uh, pre-written answer to say, no, unfortunately, we are not open on Saturday at this time. Our business hours are blah, blah, blah. And then depending on how the recipient wants to respond to that, they may just leave, they may ask another question. If it's something that the AI can't handle, it escalates it to an actual person, which can be whoever you have in your call center, essentially. So that's something that we're definitely looking at for 2020 to improve the patient experience and hopefully get more people scheduled within the practices. 
Yeah, and I think that's going to be another area where there might be some duct tape solutions. And I say that because you know not everybody's going to be able to tie into the EHR or even have like a full time person that can handle it, or they've got to figure out how operations is going to play into it. Um, and we've got, I mean, we've had some case studies where we've got clients that are using chat functionality. And I think we had a fertility doctor, didn't we, Corey, that was using it at one point? And how did it work for him? Hey guys, Corey here, co-host of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. And I wanted to interrupt this episode just for a minute to tell you about Insight Training Solutions. So Insight Training Solutions is an ongoing employee engagement and training platform for your medical practice, meaning employees can log on and take these medical practice specific trainings whenever and wherever they are. And each training is meant to increase employee engagement, improve practice reputation, and develop some patient service mindsets. If we're being honest, something that we all know some of the employees may lack, not uh, calling anybody out by name, but uh, one of the cool things about Insight Training Solutions is they're always developing new content and they just released 10 steps to a phenomenal patient experience where you'll learn how to create a phenomenal patient experience, strengthen job security, and discover customer service secrets for your entire team. So this course is in addition to the other ones they already have, which include communication across generations and how to understand today's multi-generational workforce and how to develop overall patient experience. This is another course, the new approach to customer service. We've also got eight ways to wow patients and you can sign up for a free trial to see what everything is about. Uh, at InsightTrainingSolutions.io. That's InsightTrainingSolutions.io or just Google Insight Training Solutions. You'll be glad you did. Um, it worked well. He was getting a lot of appointment requests off of it. And then what he ran into uh, was actually some staff turnover. So maybe he should have done some employee engagement and training. <clears throat> but he, um, he had uh, someone checking on their, their phone and there was like a, a staff phone and that was going back and forth. But then when there was some turnover, um, he d- decided to discontinue that program until they could find the right person to monitor that. But it was very well received and patients wanted to use it. Correct. Yeah, it was working and it was working well. All right. Awesome stuff. OK, so the next one is another one that you've been working on. And I think there's some real validity to it. And this is part of the reason, um, you know, before when I was saying when we were talking about voice search earlier in the episode one of this series and, you know, like kind of redoing some of your pages from an SEO standpoint, I think that from a content standpoint, we want to maybe do a little bit less content like the regular content so that we can focus on special projects. And I think this resource library idea is one of those special projects. So free up time on some of the easy stuff so that you can focus on some new stuff. And resource library is one of those new things. So why don't you share this one, Corey? Yeah, so instead of, let's say, you were going to plan to post on your website, I don't know, you're gonna be really aggressive about it and post twice a month. Uh, So essentially, it's pulling back from that schedule to say, well, wait a minute, instead of creating all this extra stuff, all this extra work, why don't we focus on actually building up some resources that people, it, current patients or potential patients can use. So like one thing that we're looking at is for an orthopedic practice that we work with and actually getting um, dozens of uh, physical therapy exercises so that we can create a library on their website so patients, when they go home, so 
uh, they may come in, let's say for five PT sessions following a surgery, and then they're going to do the rest at home, but they may not remember exactly how the move is supposed to go or what they're supposed to do. So what we want to create is this robust library where we can select or tell them, you know, depending on the way the technology works out, tell them these are the exercises that you should be doing at home and you should, you know, and give them essentially the prescription, how many sets, how many reps, etc. And if you need any sort of pointers or reminders, go here to the resource library. And then if you still can't figure it out, then give us a call and we can help. Uh, we've also been starting to explore this with a plastic surgeon that we work with and creating pre and post-op care videos. So following a rhinoplasty, how to tape your nose and how to care for your nose immediately after the surgery. And that's something that he's giving out to, to patients. So when, when they um, are finished up, he'll basically uh, email them a link and say, okay, so here's everything you need to know for the first couple of weeks. And then there's another video that comes out. And for that, here's everything you should be doing right now. And it's just a free resource, again, designed to educate and engage the patients. Awesome. I think it's a great, I think it's a great resource. And I think that's why it's so important that we prioritize um, kind of the strategies for next year. We look at things that we can cut back on and we can simplify and maybe not do as much of this year and focus on some new ideas. And this is one of those new ideas. And so I think we have boop, boop, a piece of bonus content, Corey. Yes. Uh, so our, our final, um, final piece in this is something totally different. You might think it's out of left field, but it's, it's really interesting. We've been hearing it from, I don't know how many conferences and how many folks in the industry now, um, where it, it owned media is coming back in style and you want to explain what that yeah, is? Yeah, so so I I come from a traditional marketing standpoint, and years ago actually owned a publication with my ex husband, and it was a community based publication. It was great. He would sell advertising, and we would run editorial about the community, and eventually we bought it, and we sold it, and you know part of this conversation came from content marketing world five years ago when we were there and then this past year when we were there of talking about big brands who are purchasing um, media because it's so hard to get the eyeballs that you want in the rented spaces. And I mean by rented spaces, I mean like Facebook and Instagram and places like that. They could, they could pull the rug out from under you any day of the week. So what's happening is these companies are coming in buying traditional media outlets and using the list from those traditional media outlets and the resources of a business that's already operating to market their business. And I think there is a potential with medical practices. Granted, it's gonna be the larger practices that do something like this, but I've already been looking um, for a couple of the larger practices that we work with, looking at their communities and what might be available from a media standpoint and it's not that expensive. In fact, we have a practice we work with that made a poor decision last year, um, did not ask me about it, I can tell you that, to buy a <laughs> billboard that cost them about $60,000 and they decided not to renew it because it didn't solve all the world's problems like they thought. But for about $60,000, if you're in a small market, you can buy a company that's owned and operated and already has revenue paying for itself take that publication, turn it into the marketing vehicle for the practice, and you get a list of maybe, I don't know, 30, 40,000 
potential patients that you have as your own audience. And so owned media is an interesting thing to start thinking about. Yeah, like you said, when you are on, let's say, some sort of social media platform, you're just you're renting or leasing that space because they could either shut their doors at any time or just kick you off for no reason. You have no control over it. Whereas on the own media side, it's it's all yours, basically. Um, and I know it, it sounds kind of weird. It's like, well, why would a medical practice want to you know, run a run a magazine? But so as an example, um, I don't remember the name of the publication, but I know that one of the things that they were talking about at a recent uh, digital marketer event was how a, a knife company, so they, they just sell like hunting knives, basically. They bought this outdoor magazine and what they really bought it for was the 125,000 people that subscribe to this thing. And once they, they bought it, they didn't change anything uh, at first. Then they started to put in some ads for, for the knives and they started to give the, like a version of the knife away. And then they started to every now and then sprinkle in an article about the, the uses of a great knife and blah, blah, blah. And then they saw, I forget exactly what the number is, but it was like a 30 or 40% uh, jump in sales for their, the, the knife or knives and that's the whole point that's what they wanted to do they tapped into this audience that was already engaged and already loyal followers not only do they now own this publication that pays for itself but they're promoting their main product line so it's really interesting yeah really interesting stuff something we're going to pay attention to i've actually reached out to a broker so that i can find out for a couple of our big clients what it would cost to get them um potentially a piece of media that they could own um I wasn't sure how it was going to be received with the clients, but I had a couple of conversations and piqued some real interest. And so, I don't know, it's one of those things, let's keep talking about it, but um, it's kind of fun to, to look at what is happening and working well in, under, in other industries and how that we can morph that into the healthcare side of things and the medical practice side. So I think those are our top tips. Um, it's just good stuff to have. It's definitely, yeah, definitely different from saying, why don't we just do more health fairs? Blah blah, you know, like the the same stuff. It own media is totally different. So I'm and nobody's going to be doing it. Nobody exactly. is doing it yeah. unless they're listening to the show. Then they might be like, mm, "Let's think about this." Then they got a lot of good ideas. Yeah, they got a lot of good ideas, and that's really it. We gave you eleven. We promised ten. We gave you eleven, and um, I think that you can go to the website, grab all the transcripts. Then you have copies of all this, and if you need any help, let us know. If not, I wish you the best of luck in your strategic planning for 2020. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. See ya. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.